Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yo, Cyan sauce, man. He hella sauce. Dude, are you actually full of shit? You absolute I can't believe that you pineapple candy no, nope, I me. saw you vent. Gigi, Gigi, Okay, so Cyan. here's what I think about with the, exactly what you just said. I think it's a load of... Yeah, sus is good enough for Dude, me. Dude, okay, listen. Okay, everybody be quiet for a second. Listen, what about Orange? Okay, my credibility is being dragged through the mud right now. I was, uh... was in, um... Uh, they don't even know where they were. I think you're deflecting. I think you're pointing fingers. I'm, I'm voting Cyan. Cyan yeah, gets too. my vote. Me too. Yeah, Easy dub. I'll, I'll, vote, I'll vote Cyan too. No. You guys suck. This game's a wreck. Oh, what's going on, guys? Uh, welcome. What was that? Dude, I'm exhausted, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, those days making podcasts, you know, eating Doritos, they're real tough, eh? Stop. You know there's a ton going on behind the scenes right now. Yeah, 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 all those Among Us games behind the scenes. Yeah, those are really tough, too. Actually, you know what, though? Speaking of, uh, shout out to my boy, Mitchell Arsenal, for uh, giving me the idea for the podcast intro this week. Give him a follow on Instagram, at MitchellArsenal98. And if you want your idea featured on the podcast intro, all you got to do is answer the Instagram story uh, that I put up about a couple days leading up to the podcast. Uh, and uh, basically, it'll just be asking for ideas and suggestions. And if you have a good idea and you want it brought to life, all you got to do is throw it in there. And uh, you might get a shout out on the podcast, which is which is just always a great time. You know, you got to love it when the guys come through clutch for you, you know, you and your uncreative yeah well you know what honestly after this week like I, i'm i'm exhausted i i needed a little little help so i appreciate the boys uh coming through in the clutch which uh which you know kind of kind of makes like a pretty pretty good smooth transition to our uh to our guest this week oh, it's funny it's it's almost like you're speaking to yourself that's just yeah, so yeah you know good, yeah, good coincidence so right yeah sure sure yeah yeah <laughs> as i was saying speaking of you know your boys being there to support you um there's a couple boys from ubc who are making a massive difference in the world of mental health hey. Oh, that that was that was pretty good. Hey, I appreciate that. Thanks. Stefan Litoboric and Adan Moalemi, both undergraduate students at UBC, are the founders and former directors of the Drop the Puck for Mental Health Foundation. DTP is a student-led philanthropic. Man, Buddy. it has been a long week, dude. Do you want do you want me to backtrack and and try to and tell them how long it took you to get the the names right? Because <laughs> that was that was the worst. That was embarrassing. 
as I was saying, DTP is a student-led philanthropic organization devoted to ending the stigma surrounding mental health. Since its first event just over two years ago, Drop the Puck has raised over $49,000 to be directed towards mental health initiatives put in place by the Canadian Mental Health Association. Well, you know, it's, it's a good thing that they didn't, you know, decide to start some, like, like crummy mental health podcast or something like that. Yeah, you know, uh, that one was hurtful. I, it's just too easy. Stefan, Adan, welcome to the podcast, guys. How are you doing? Doing good. You know, we got finals coming up right now. So currently I have five finals in the next two weeks. So yeah, that's gonna, it's been a bit of a grind for me, but I'm going to get through it. And then after that, I get a nice long break too. So nice. overall a little bit stressed right now, but um, looking forward to get everything over with. Nice. How about you, Stefan? Yeah. So <laughs> it's been a busy one for sure. Now I've been, um, this, this has kind of been my hell week. So I've had a deferred midterm that I'm ready on Monday with a presentation, just finished an 18 page paper. So along that with all little assignments, it's definitely piling up and whatnot, but uh, kind of like Adan said, I'm in the same boat. So I got, uh, I have what, five finals uh, in the next few weeks here. So it's right around the corner and uh, yeah, I mean, keeping busy, I'm working, I'm, I'm just, uh, trying to spend a lot of time obviously with bc being kind of closed off right now and isolated yeah and like a semi lockdown it's uh it's a bit different for sure but I'm trying to make the most of it at this point yeah man i don't envy you guys i remember those like last like couple years of school like once exam time rolled around it was brutal yeah how have you guys been handling like the stress of having everything going on and and obviously coupled that like with exams and lockdown and everything else like that like just kind of how's that all looked for you guys from a student perspective I mean, I think in the beginning, it was pretty overwhelming um, in terms of school because like moving everything online was a bit of a hurdle for a lot of profs. So um, it wasn't really that efficient, like in the beginning when they first rolled it out. And obviously, like in the moment when COVID first hit, there was everyone was really stressed out. And I mean, people still are, but kind of at the peak of it, it was pretty bad. Um, So there was just a lot going on when COVID first hit. We fully had to transition from in-person to online in like a weekend and some schools got like a full week or two to like make that transition we had to do it in like a weekend um so that was tough but you know what now I actually don't mind it um partially because I think it's actually really cool that you can everything's recorded and you can just go back to things whenever you want in terms of your lectures um the only downside to it is you're just sitting at home all day, um, which does get pretty tiring. So I think it's really important to get out there and exercise and try to do it, 100%. make some time for other things as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my experience with all of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even just to echo what Adan said, it's, it's been crazy. <laughs> There's no doubt. Um, what I've found probably the biggest difference, um, ultimately we eliminated it now at UBC. Um, after some massive issues with it but for example even taking exams Mm. um, this like exam software exam invigilation software sorry proctorio um gross just that that word itself just (laughs) it's terrible yeah well it's it's even more it it was almost like you'd lift you'd lift your hand up to get a glass of water you'd look down to grab a pen and uh tracks your eye movements and everything and next thing you know you get a red flag and your prof is like oh you cheated oh my Uh, god (laughs) I wouldn't have been able uh, to handle it, man. I'm way too scatterbrained. I'm like, when I write stuff, I'm all over the place. 
exactly so that, that got eliminated kind of like halfway through this term mm -hmm. but uh for the most part it's been good i i find probably the biggest difference is and dan can probably attest to this too uh both of us being very like social and outgoing guys right um after class or something we'd have head up to one of the the restaurants or patios or whatnot on campus right? yeah meet up with all our friends at 4 or 5 p.m and just hang out for a few hours right just kind of get those social hours mm -hmm. in with just covid and like lockdowns and whatnot and, like you're just not able to do that especially with classes being online yeah too, with no one really being on campus right it's it's a different time for sure yeah did you guys have the choice of like going i guess home and finishing school or did you guys have to stay on the the ubc campus no, they, they they gave everyone the choice. Okay, yeah. um, I think a lot of people actually didn't didn't end up going home mm -hmm. uh, when it first set. Um, I think I don't even think there's anything that's in person right now. There might be a few classes, but I think it's gonna start progressing to be more and more like a hybrid kind of thing where the smaller classes um, they could probably do in person starting January. For sure, but yeah. yeah, pretty much everyone's been at home. A lot of people left like when it first hit. Mm -hmm. But I'm from here originally. I'm from North End, so it doesn't make um, too big of a difference for me. <laughs> okay, yeah, true. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah what about you, Stevan? Uh, I mean, from from my understanding, you're from... Are you from Thunder Bay? Yeah, so uh, from Thunder Bay, born and raised. And essentially, I moved out to, what was it, uh, Kelowna when I was 14. Oh, wow. 15, sorry. Um, so got out of that and then ended up, ended up coming to UBC. So my dad's in Kelowna right now and whatnot, um, along with my grandma. I I had the option. They they were pretty insistent on me coming back. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think I could have done like five, six months, much less like- 100%. Like it, it with them. It, it's just when you live on like by yourself or like without your parents for like so many years now, it's, I'm going on what, five now? Yeah. Five, like it's just- it, it does not make sense and it'd be such a complete shift for me and like such a horrible thing for my mental health. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Uh, Trust me. You're preaching uh, to the choir. I left in grade 12 yeah. to go to Ryerson for school, left my like small town of, uh, in New Brunswick and, yeah. uh, and yeah, coming back and like moving back in with my parents, I literally just got the last boxes of my stuff from like my apartment in Toronto just the other day. Uh, and like kind of that yep. feeling of like, holy shit, I moved back in with my parents? Like, what? And it's just like, yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I get what you mean, man. Having that independence kind of like taken away that little bit, it is, it is tough on your mental health for sure. Yeah. So, so speaking of mental health, obviously, you know, that's, that's the, the point of the podcast. Uh, I, I'm curious about um, the initiative that you guys started, this Drop the Puck for Mental Health. Um, it, it's an incredible, incredible thing. And it looks like it's done a lot of good for for the community of ubc itself i'm kind of curious like how this came to be and and just kind of like like why kind of after um i mean in in, in my second year steph was in third year so in 2018 uh we both took on um a position so we're both in different fraternities actually um at ubc and we both took on a philanthropy share position mm -hmm. um and we were kind of we were talking about it and we wanted to make an event together partially because there's this stigma um, around fraternities and like mm. you have the each, every fraternity kind of has to hate the other fraternity and there's always kind of right there. You know what I mean? Um, so we were saying like, this is totally false. Like if we get together, if we um, kind of create an event where our whole co community can come together in a really good way, um, we could do that to an even bigger scale if we did it together. So um, yeah, Steph and I got together and that's kind of how, um, the collaboration between the two fraternities started. Um, yeah, I'll, Steph, if you want to jump in. 
No, yeah, just, I mean, every if everything Dan said there is completely right. Um, we just, we basically, we started off, the two of us, um, not even actually knowing each other, right? Oh, wow. Um, and yeah. and it's, really, it's really blossomed into an awesome friendship just between the two. Like best friends, though. Yeah. Good exactly. stuff, man. That's awesome. But, um, but no, so basically, uh, obviously, mental health is just a huge thing in the community and on uh, college campuses, especially. 100%. Uh, but we essentially want to make a difference in our positions, right? It, it was a lot of, um, in the previous years for both of our fraternities when we talked about it, it was a ton of almost spinning wheels, mm. just not really getting a lot done with the position or necessarily that there was a lot of opportunity mm -hmm. for change, right? Mm -hmm. um, and within the recent years, uh, mental health had hit, or mental illness rather, had hit uh, both our fraternities pretty hard. Mm. Um, and we felt that not only creating an event like this, and really that that's what the start of it was, right? It was just an event. And it was just supposed to be a one-off mm -hmm. necessarily, right? Um, but we just wanted to bring not only the Greek community, but the UBC community together um, to participate in just, whether it be a sporting event, like the, um, obviously the players and whatnot, but also just bringing the community together to just be out and be social. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, like, we know how important for mental health that is just to be around your peers. And interact, 100%, right? for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, and just raise, raise awareness for that. D define um, mental health hit your fraternities hard because I, you know, I know that there's these really negative stories that come out of a lot of fraternities. So I'm kind of curious, like when you say that it, you guys got hit hard by mental health, like what does that, what does that look like? What red flags are being raised that you guys were like, oh shit, there's a problem here. Like we got to do something. I think it's, um, I think it's a combination of things and I think it's different for like, um, Steph and I's situation. Um, but I think a big thing is when you're, um, a first year and you're coming into as big of a school as UBC, you're essentially just a number mm. like out of 60,000 other students. Right. So I think, um, just that struggle that I went through in first year was pretty big for me. Like, I think I went through a lot in terms of like becoming independent, like managing all this schoolwork, managing the transition from high school to university, which was mm -hmm. insanely difficult. Like I did not anticipate that at all. Um, and then there's, there's some other events that kind of happened in my first year and to people in my fraternity that really kind of shed a light on the issue and the fact that we need to be there for each other and we should uh, promote more awareness um, for this. Um, and I think like that's one of the unique features of a fraternity is um, yeah, obviously you hear all these stories, but those are pretty much just from fraternities going rogue in the States. Um, UBC is completely different um, in the sense that um, I've never felt that way personally. And I think if anything, joining a fraternity has improved my mental health by a lot, um, just because you have that group of guys that you can always go to no matter what, right? Like, mm -hmm. If you're having a bad day, if something happens, you always have someone that you can go talk to about those issues and they'll hear you out. Um, and you're there for your other brothers to hear them out as well um, through anything. Mm. But I think just overall in general, mental health is definitely like a very prominent issue on campus. Like it's something that everyone goes through. Um, and I think that's why we really wanted to shed a light on it um, and kind of 
defeat like kind of stop that stigma attached to mental illness you know there there definitely there definitely is um some sort of a stigma attached to talking about your mental health conditions we thought that we wanted to kind of foster an environment where um it's okay to talk it's okay to speak about these things because these are real struggles that everyone's going through Mm -hmm. and like a lot of people go through these things but they just don't talk about it right and they just hold it in 100 so just being able to i think promote it as openly as we did really did um impact our community a lot not only in terms of like the amount of money that we raised but in terms of getting everyone um like so we we got over like 400 people at the event um in our first year of doing it um getting everyone in that room like bringing all these different mental health um, initiatives uh bringing in the cmha um and they were really on board with us and we got a lot of support from uh the ubc administration too actually including the president of ubc um dr santono um, and I think that just, um, and I think the reason we got so much support is because we really handled it, um, in a way that kind of brings everyone together mm-hmm. and it also kind of sheds light on these issues while also watching a fun hockey game. Yeah. yeah. I mean? No. And <clears throat> I mean, just echoing it down, it's about that support system. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and I think that's what mental health really, that really spurred, um, the, the mental health initiative coming from both our fraternities. Um, in addition, uh, at least in the case of my fraternity, um, when I was in, what would have been second year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we lost one of our brothers mm-hmm. due to um, illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that hit everyone pretty hard. Absolutely. Uh, there was no, so uh, when, when we had the opportunity, uh, when Dan, Dan and I spoke and said we wanted to create something, something meaningful, something that actually would bring change. Um, to the UBC campus, uh, mental health was definitely on the top of both our lists. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, through that, we, we've, I mean, Adan kind of gave a gave a brief overview of what we've accomplished even just in our first year, right? But like what it's expanded to now. I mean, we have a team of uh, about, was it eight or nine directors, Adan? Around, yeah, like that. around that. And, and in the last, uh, I guess, two and a half years, or three years now, I guess, two and a half, yeah, mm-hmm. two and yeah. a half years. Um, we've raised close to fifty thousand dollars um, for mental health initiatives. So yeah, it's, uh, it's forty thousand of that was just last year. Wow! And like exactly. so, the, so Steph and I, when our position ended, we kind of still stayed involved with everything. But every year, it's kind of like someone new kind of organizes mm. and coordinates the event. And these guys kind of took what we built in the first year and they just blew it up way more than awesome. we would have ever anticipated, right? And they completely. Um, shattered like any goal that they set i think how much did they, i think they set like twenty thousand, and and it ended up getting up to forty thousand, which is just crazy yeah um but yeah see what i love about this so much is the the idea that you know being in fraternities i feel like there's a huge conversation around um men's mental health and kind of like masculinity and what it means to kind of like be vulnerable and talk out but something that i picked up on there like a dan when you said that you've got a group of guys who you could go to about anything um i think it's one of those things like not only changing the stigma surrounding mental health but also the stigma surrounding kind of like that that being able to go and just talk to your your boys about it because there's nothing more like i feel like there's nothing more kind of like stereotypically masculine than like frat university you know you're going you're partying blah 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 but you're also kind of having that conversation so like what you guys have done that way is is super cool to me because it's like you know you really do see this 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 
thing where it's like, oh, you know, I don't want to like, I don't want to burden anybody. I don't want anybody to think that I can't handle myself or that I, you know, that I'm weak in a way. And now it's like, it's like, yeah, you don't have to worry about it. Like, let's just like play some puck and have a casual conversation. Yeah, exactly. And I think that apart from the money raised, which is also mm-hmm. a big thing, oh, 100%. Of, like, impacting communities. Um, I think the one of the other major takeaways from this whole thing is like you said, just kind of normalizing that conversation mm-hmm. and normalizing the fact that you're not a burden to your friend. If they're really your friend, they're going to listen to you and they're going to totally. hear you out. Right. So, yeah, I think, I think it's definitely done a lot over the years. Even I've noticed it like in my fraternity, like people are a lot more open um, about these kinds of things. And I think that's super important, especially, especially right now with all the stressors that are totally. going on right now, right? Like COVID online classes, which are a little bit harder and, there's just a lot of things going on and just having a support network is more important than ever. Mm -hmm. I think. Absolutely. And like, even to add on to that, um, just with the CMHA and what kind of role we want to play in aiding basically with mental health initiatives and whatnot, right. A lot of, um, a lot of that money that we send to the CMHA uh, goes to, uh, basically initiatives or programs for at-risk youth nice um ultimately we know that um and just studies have shown obviously that mental health disproportionately affects low-income families yeah. right um and then i can sit here um and realistically we go to a great university um we're blessed in a lot of ways right um whereas some kids just don't have those op- those kinds of opportunities we have mm-hmm. right ultimately we want to be able to create that change and drive that change so i mean COVID interrupted our plans a little bit but what we kind of plan to do with drop the puck too in the future is basically start getting our fraternities and ubc campus members involved in these programs mm-hmm. for at risk youth um interacting with them obviously like i said corona vivid yeah, <laughs> yeah. tough situation now um but in the future kind of finding a way where we can incorporate like a full-on um just getting minus or in addition to the donations getting active involvement mm-hmm. um and whether it be sharing mental health stories or just kind of hanging out with them yeah right yeah being there to support them and um finding fun things to do that takes their mind off of whatever it be mm-hmm. whatever that may be bothering them in their own life yeah yeah i think it's great too the fact that you guys are looking beyond just kind of like those winter months because obviously, you know, if you're going to have a charity hockey game uh, and you're going to bring, bring people together, it kind of like reminds me a little bit of like Bell Let's Talk Day where you've got one day where it's like you have all this attention on it and you bring a ton of, like, you raise a ton of money, you bring a lot of attention to this cause. And then a lot of the time the conversation tapers off throughout the year because it's like, oh, it was yeah. just this one event. So the fact that you guys are trying to grow, uh, drop the puck into the, and I noticed that you guys are doing, is it miles for change or what was the? the... Yeah, we just, um, we just finished a campaign over the summer called Miles for Mental Health. Miles for Mental Health. Um, yeah. yeah, and it was essentially running. So you would donate um, money for someone to run a certain amount of our kilometers, and we ended up raising over six six grand. Amazing in the summer online too, which is absolutely insane too. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely a really good point. We've been really looking at um, expanding things more than just that one event, and I think that's really important to us. Literally, just because of what you said, like you can't be promoting um, kind of normalizing these conversations if you're just going to have one event and then close it off. Right. right. So I think like having an active social media presence and kind of promoting these things all the time um, is some somewhere we've been trying to move more towards mm-hmm. and also doing more events over the years and over the years, sorry. And um, 
interacting with the communities that we're donating this money to, right? Like at risk youth and stuff like that. Absolutely. Well, I know it's one of those things that being in Toronto for the past four years definitely did open my eyes to um, the like the inequality when it comes to like help in the world of mental health, because a lot of the times it's like you're, you know, therapy can be privatized and now, okay, I've got to spend $600 out of pocket to go and like have somebody kind of untangle the ball of yarn that's going on in my head. And if you can't afford that, it's like, okay, you've got like possibly school guidance counselors who aren't trained in extensive therapies. Like it's, it's definitely tough. And yeah, it creates kind of like that generational pain that like nobody can heal from because it's just passed down from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next. So like, you know, I, I got to give you guys credit, man. You guys are doing some like cool work and like really yeah. recognizing some some like key areas to focus on. So that's that's awesome. Um, I, I'm curious, like by the time that you guys graduate, where would you want ideally in, in the perfect world? Let's say, you know, COVID uh, goes and fucks off by like February, January, February kind of thing. Um, and you guys are able to kind of get back to some in-person activities. Like where's the goal by the time you guys are done school to have drop the puck? We have some pretty ambitious goals, I think. You should, um, man. You should, 100%. Yeah, we, 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 we really do. We've been looking at it, and um, I think I think we just want it to continue growing in the sense that, like, not really just in terms of money. I think we want to have more of, like, we want to have more of an influence in what's going on in our community. We want to be involved in these activities that are going on. We want to bring more people onto the team um, and and I think that would be very helpful in terms of kind of getting getting more team members of Drop the Buck involved in these mm-hmm. um, with these youth. Um, and I think in terms of goals, I think I would love to see this um, expanded to other universities um, as well. Um, I don't know if Steph has anything else, but I think one thing we've always talked about is just growing it to um, kind of reaching out to more schools and getting it getting kind of the same initiative going there. I think that'd be really, really cool to see. And I think it's something that could really be needed in a lot of schools too, that don't really have that sense of community um, that we've kind of fostered with this event. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Steph, you want to add anything? Well, the big thing, the big thing that I really see, and I agree with everything Dan said in terms of, especially in terms of expanding um, to different universities, right? That would be an amazing achievement um, from, especially from where we started it. Uh, where I would, especially in the next two or three years right after COVID, where I would love to see um, Drop the Puck go, essentially, is, like Dan said, expand our team. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that uh, expansion, basically run not only the major game and the major event being the Drop the Puck Winter Classic, right? Um, but also these little mini programs that we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so whether it be, again, little fundraisers or events, but actual programs that we put on um, that like youth can come to, whether it be like these little barbecues or whatever, I'm spitballing, but yeah, yeah. Um, just, just essentially have, have enough kind of wings mm-hmm. um, or dimensions to our organization where we can get different uh, sets of teams running different smaller uh, events growing up to that big event. Mm-hmm. That, that first yeah, of so this, no i was gonna please i i got a question follow-up question yeah, after so, this but yeah continue okay um yeah, i was just gonna say actually over the summer we became a registered nonprofit organization awesome. so we're all we're all kind of on this board now and i think um even beyond university i want to say and i know steph does too we want to both stay involved in drop the puck for as long as we can really like i think this is something that 
um, I, I wouldn't let go of it that easily. I think I really absolutely want to, uh, keep staying involved and um, because I do think it can grow a lot more beyond where we're at right now, but we're also university students and we don't have like as much time as professional nonprofits right. do. So um, I think, yeah, a big thing, like we need to get a team and just kind of delegate the workflow a bit more. And then I think, yeah, I, I think mean, we could go pretty far with that. Why did you guys think that, that hockey was the best way to, to go about this, that sport was going to be kind of like a vessel that you guys were going to use to, to carry on this mental health conversation to get, get it started, I guess. Um, yeah, so I think hockey, I mean, it's, we, when we were making the event, we didn't really like say it has to be hockey, right. we, the primary, the primary purpose of the event was kind of just to get everyone together in one room and kind of promote, uh, mental health. But, um, our fraternities have both had a pretty, um, pretty long storied rivalry. In nice. Terms of hockey. We had, there's a rec league at UBC and the fraternities have their kind of own, um, they're in some fraternities are in certain divisions and we've usually been with Fidel and we've always mm-hmm. had this long-standing rivalry. And we thought like, even without having any sort of official event, a lot of people still come out to watch those games. That's awesome. So we thought it would be really cool to just make that grow on that kind of have like a friendly little bragging rights competition while promoting mental health at the same time. Um, I think that was, I think it was pretty instantaneous for us. Um, apart from like, we want to have an event where everyone can come together but what's going to make a lot of people come to this event? I think this rivalry that everyone kind of knows about, um, and there's a lot of hype surrounding it. So I think I think that was a pretty big um, reason for hockey. And I think, yeah, Steph, you want to? Yeah, no. no. Um, in addition, I think uh, obviously when we were discussing what kind of event we wanted to throw, what we wanted to put together, uh, once we decided on um, mental health, right, uh, as our kind of target of choice, our charity of choice, right um we thought that uh tying sport into it would be really big for us um or just exercise being outside doing something right moving your body is just so important for mental health and we understand that um so obviously hot but just any kind of sports we just ended up picking on hockey like dan said just because of that rivalry it was so good and so easy mm-hmm. um honestly too good to pass up 100 um but <laughs> but it, it, it just made it as or just just as much better that obviously with hockey you have you have a big stadium you can have like gets loud it gets exciting right um and you can have that social aspect where you bring a ton of people into uh a confined space confined space like that where you're able to interact and have these discussions while having the game in the background right Mm -hmm. um but then also the sport itself of that's what it's really about it's about being outside it's about moving your body getting exercise right um it's so so imperative to one's mental health to have that right so for sure and i think that like you know whether you guys kind of uh realize it at the moment or not but the fact that you guys want to expand to other places in canada and kind of have this initiative be a cross-country thing what better in universities than like hockey in canada like that's just it just fits so well so it's one of those things that like the opportunity for growth is just like it's huge it's easy because i mean like i know that even at ryerson like we didn't necessarily have as because it was a commuter school, it wasn't necessarily as like tight knit. There weren't really there weren't really fraternities or sororities or any of that kind of like uh, Greek life. But at the same time, like people still like would go to hockey games and like that was definitely still you know people really cared about intramural hockey. Like it's still an exciting yeah. thing to do. So I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, the, the between the fact that you guys are using sport fraternities, like the the conversation is coming from a very interesting point of view, and I think that that's Absolutely. that helps with like and it's like 
uh, my, the big thing that I love to do with the podcast is like the people who I have on, when I talk to somebody who, uh, you know, they've got a two or three or 4 million TikTok followers or something like that. It's like, and you talk with them about mental health. It's like, Oh, it's cool. Like, I don't, you know, I don't have to be worried about it. Cause it's like, Oh, it's like this guy who's cool. Yeah. He's chill to talk about his mental health. Like you guys are using that in a really interesting way. So sure. that's awesome. Appreciate that. I, I want to know how, um, you know, being involved in the world of mental health has helped you guys with, with your mental health, just kind of as a whole and, uh, kind of like what you guys have learned from this past few years. Um, so in terms of how it's helped me, I think, um, I think just being able to promote normalizing that conversation helps, um, yourself personally too. Um, I think it's over the years, it's gotten a lot easier for me to go up to one of my friends and just talk to them about anything I'm going through. And mm -hmm. I think that's like the most important thing. And I think if you're not able to, um, express how you're feeling and kind of vent things out, um, that could lead to a lot of things. Um, and I think that's something that I myself and I'm sure a lot of other people struggle with um, is being able to kind of talk about what's going on in your life. And I think um, normalizing that conversation has kind of um, helped me promote that, but also like for myself too, I think, um, because I realize that like, even sometimes when you're, there's some little stressors going on in your life, like you should still talk about them because over time things can add up and then it can just get really overwhelming. So I think just, being able to kind of have that conversation whenever um, is important. Um, and just being able to listen to other people too and just checking in on other people. I think that's a really uh, big necessity, especially um, in this day and age, like I said, with COVID and everything, like checking in on your friends and just asking them how you're doing is so important. Huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you don't know what other people's situations are if they're fully not allowed to go leave or do anything else, you know, it's, it can get tough. So I think checking in on other people also is another thing that it's like really uh, stressed to myself and other people. Um, sorry, what was the um, second part? I'll just kind of like, yeah, like what you've learned, I guess. Um, yeah. I, I think I've learned that mental health, like it's, I mean, everyone goes through it um, to some extent. And um, a lot of the times people don't speak about these things and that's how, a lot of unfortunate events happen. So I think um, what I've learned is just the fact that um, it's more prominent that you, than you think. Um, and you should mm -hmm. be an active person in terms of promoting mental health awareness. You should be active by reaching out and kind of, like I said, normalizing those conversations with your friends. Yeah. Um, and so even for me, like in the past few years, I've definitely, uh, definitely gone through a transition. There's no question. Um, even from when I was coming from high school to university, right? I was coming from Thunder Bay, this rather bigger fish in a smaller pond like Thunder Bay, coming into UBC mm -hmm. where it's sixty thousand students, and it's like yeah. it's like half the population of Thunder Bay itself, right? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you really, when I came here first uh, to Vancouver, I definitely felt very small literally almost like a number right just another student mm -hmm. another person um yeah and it's weird when you come from a small town like, or a small city like thunder bay and like you have that home totally. hometown connection where like people just know your name right or like recognize yeah people yeah, when yeah, you're yeah walking down the street it wasn't like that for me right and that was a mm -hmm. extremely tough adjustment um the fraternity definitely helped me um have that kind of support network and have that support system but uh even just my my first definitely the first year but the second year of university right you you want to take on so much and do so many things and next thing you know 
uh, for at least for myself, like I dropped a lot of those plates, right? Because you're balancing so many of them, yeah. right? Hundred um, percent. And there was definitely some some dark times for me in my first and second year where it just like not, that was probably the craziest thing. I was really sad. I was really depressed. I didn't really know about mental health at that time. I kind of did. I knew what it was, but for myself growing up with my family, um, there was a like calling a spade a spade. There was a lot of toxic masculinity there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the sense that you can't be weak. You have to show yourself. You have to project yourself as strong, right? And, uh, right. Yeah. For me, so so even when I was when I would talk to my family members about it or try to, right? Uh, there wasn't a lot of support there. I'd be like, oh, push through. Mm-hmm. You know, schools, the school for yeah. right? Yeah. Um, which really didn't help. There's no question, right? No. <laughs> but uh, but eventually, um, kind of whether it be going going to different therapists on campus, talking to mental health uh, mental health helplines, um, and just speaking with mm-hmm. friends, right? Um, you really mm-hmm. don't realize how valuable a resource friends are until you properly put them to use and use and literally normalize these conversations, right? Uh, that's probably yeah. the biggest thing I've learned over the years, much like a dad said, is that just checking up on your friends, even if they seem like they're doing great, even if they seem like they're doing easy, best, it's easy. It's just saying, hey, how are yeah. you doing? Right. Um, I, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I text different friends of mine or even different just acquaintances, colleagues. Right. Just checking in. Right. Just because mm-hmm. mental health has become such a big part of my life, whether it be through drop the puck, whether it be through my own mental health. Right. Um uh, Mm-hmm. or just my social network right it, it's just it's such a big thing that affects so so many people's lives and so many people's lives we don't realize that's affecting right let's so just yeah just yeah. be friendly reach out check in how are you doing do you want to grab a beer i know uh th- this is a rule that was uh that was passed down to me from uh one of the bro- older brothers in my fraternity which i really like but uh it's basically so i used to live in uh in the fraternity house and it still applies mm-hmm. now that I live in my own apartment and whatnot. But uh, basically, if any of uh, any of your boys, any of your friends bring two beers, knock on your door, you drop everything. You just drop everything. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. You sit down, you knock it out. Love yeah. That. So it's, uh, we, it's the two beers rule, but that's been kind of going on. I love that. That's great. Yeah. And uh, it's just regardless of whether whether I'm I'm on some big project or whatnot, I will drop everything if someone comes knocking on my door with two beers. So uh, definitely mm. just those little things and normalizing those conversations is the biggest thing. Yeah. I think like also being in a unit, like I kind of want to touch on the toxic kind of masculinity point. Cause I think that is totally yeah. so prevalent and we don't really realize it that much because we're in a university where mental health is promoted so much. I mean, the president of UBC Mm -hmm. is so Dr. Santono, he's so vocal about mental health and supporting mental health initiatives, but kind of when you go outside of this um, university environment, there's a lot of situations where it doesn't, people don't perceive it as kind of like a real um, thing that's going on. Mm -hmm. It's all in your head, like all these things that I think really do need to change. And I think it starts with younger people like us um, kind of normalizing these things um, so that this can be continue to be a conversation for years to come. And I do think it's really important that um, UBC administration has also been very vocal about it, um, supporting their students. Um, But I also think there's, a lot of power to a bunch of university students getting together and kind of promoting this, these kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's such a power, I think in like when you want to change 
you know, these patterns that have developed over so many years, it's like planting the seed in the right places, like places where like there have been issues before sports, fraternities, university campuses, like all three of those places have like notoriously in the past been a bit of a like crockpot for toxic masculinity. You've seen it a lot. So, you know, even, even, uh, with me, like I started supply teaching recently and even some of the stuff you see from like, like middle school kids, you like, you're like, Oh, like that has to be corrected like sooner than later before that leads down a real bad path. So yeah, man, I, I I completely get it for sure. Uh, and, and Stefan, I a hundred percent, like 100% understand what you said when, uh, the big, big fish, small pond to like that, basically getting thrown in the ocean, like even Ryerson was 10 times the size of the town that I grew up in. Wow. And, uh, it, it's just, Oh Jeez. yeah, no, like I grew up in a town of five, 5,000 oh people God. and, uh, Ryerson had 50 K yeah, and like, literally you want to talk about everybody knows your name. <laughs> like everybody knows your name, social yeah. insurance number, blood type. <laughs> like it's crazy. So no, I trust me. I totally felt that like, Holy shit. Like you literally you're there and you're just like, wow, like this is, this is a lot to take in. So it's, it's nice to know that those like support systems are like, available to you and understanding that like even if you are feeling like shit like creating an environment where it's like you can pull basically anybody from your class and be like yo dude like i know we don't really know each other but like i just kind of need to have a conversation here real quick yeah absolutely yeah i i I think i think we've like even just with drop the puck um our organization has made a really good dent in those three areas you talked about um yeah uh, university campuses and sports in general um that being said, I think we all can see how much work still needs to be done on it. And, and that's sure. that's just on, at least from what Adan and I can do, that's on growing Drop the Puck. That's on expanding that with our yeah. team, right? Um, and working with this to create a larger, uh, larger change in those three categories of uh, fraternity mm-hmm. men and just the UBC community in general and UBC campus and then like we've talked about expanding onto different campuses see where that's going. Yeah. Yeah. Leading by example, really easy as that. I was kind of thinking of a quote that, uh, one of my, uh, uh, one of my therapists that I had while I was at Ryerson, uh, they told me, and I had actually heard this, this, uh, same analogy used for a couple different things, but it was like one of the theory, so two things you learn when you grow up, cheese is really expensive and everyone's kind of fucked up. And, you know, I always, I always kind of like have a good laugh at that one. Cause it's like, it's true. Like you grow up and you're like, you you think that you're, you think that you're all alone in like these shitty feelings. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh wow. Like everyone's kind of a little bit messed up. Like, why are we not talking about this? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the way that I end every one of my episodes and, uh, I want to thank you guys real quick for, for taking the time because this has been great. And honestly, anything that uh, comes up on drop the puck, let me know. And I'm more than happy to, to share it with my audience. Cause I think what you guys are doing is really, really cool. Um, but how that, I, how I like to end all my episodes is I like the people that I have on the podcast to give out a challenge to my listeners, um, something that they can implement into their, their day, their week, their month, the, their entire life, something that's helped you personally with your mental health, uh, journey. Uh, and it can be something that you've learned since you started drop the puck or something that you've learned in therapy, anything that just has helped you live a better, happier, more fulfilled life, uh, that you'd like to, that you'd like to pass on. So I guess I'll, I'll start with a Dan, uh, is there a challenge that you would like to put forward? forth to the lovely listeners of life yeah absolutely I, I mean a couple like last week i got a message from one of my buddies that i haven't talked to in a while and he was just he was just checking in on me he just messaged me randomly mm-hmm. and completely unexpected messaged me randomly and was just asking me how i'm doing and um yeah i think that was i thought that was really cool and that was really 
that, I think that impacted me in a really, really good way. Um, so I think my challenge um, is going to be message three, four people, ask them how you're doing. And these people will probably best say people you haven't talked to in a while. Ideally not your best friend or your roommate, someone you haven't um, really said anything to. It's been too long, I guess. Just give them a message, um, ask them how, how they're doing and yeah, see if you guys can catch up. I think that goes a long way for sure. It's the little things, I think, like that. Dude, it saves lives, yeah. like yeah. 100% for sure. Exactly. And then for me, just on the topic of just exercise, getting out there, being active, right? And how important that is to mental health. I kind of challenge mm-hmm. your listeners to uh, ultimately a lot of listeners in Canada and whatnot were, for the most part, whether it be in Ontario, whether it be on the East Coast, whether it be on the West here, we're all in lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. So just but make sure you're getting outside, whether that be a walk once a day or whatnot, or going yeah if gyms are still open where you can, i know they are on bc and i almost go every day because that's kind of my release that's where i get my exercise from love that. My yeah um so i encourage everyone or challenge everyone rather uh whether it be just a simple walk whether it be going for a run going for a bike ride something just to get outdoors clear your head and reset your body and mind so that you can be productive and you can keep healthy especially in your mental health yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Those two are so, so much more def- like clearly linked than I think a lot of people think. Yeah. And especially now that you're in lockdown and you're, you're sitting with yourself a lot more, it's like, you got to make sure that your body's getting that, yeah. uh, that love that it needs to. Absolutely. Cool. Good stuff, guys. I, I again, I appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, best I of wanna, luck with everything. I'm, I think you guys are going to do some cool stuff. I want to thank you for having us on. I think this is really cool. And I think you're, everything you're doing with your podcast is amazing too. And I hope that we can continue to do this. If some new things happen, I'd love to come back on and speak to you. And I think we really, we really sure. appreciate the work that you're doing and for bringing us on. Um, so thank you for doing that and keep up the amazing work. Yeah, I appreciate that, boys. Yeah, that means a lot. It's uh, it's a lot of fun once you uh, once you really start to see that uh, people are actually kind of like getting something from it. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going with this. Yeah, so, it's a really good great. feeling. No, I, I love the podcast. I love what you're doing and. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to obviously like any of these organizations that we can boost up. We love to as well. So your podcast will love to share this with our friends, share this with our families, right? This is something, especially like your kind of podcast, that should be shared, should be grown. People should listen to, right? Because it has a lot of valuable insight and information. I know I've been listening to your previous podcast. I've been learning some new stuff. So I appreciate great. that, man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, vice versa, right? Um, we'll update you on Draw the Puck and. Uh, Keep it please grow and keep this thing expanding and uh, keep working on everyone's mental health. Good stuff, guys. Yeah, change the world one day at a time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a couple of frat guys. Yeah, just a couple of guys being guys. Yeah, a pair of beauties. Two dudes being guys. A couple of guys changing the face of mental health in their communities. Yeah, you gotta love it. Honestly, man, like, you really do. Like, the work that these guys have done to highlight the need to destigmatize the conversation on college and university campuses. Yeah, not to mention within, like, frat life and Greek life as yeah, a whole. Yeah, and working towards combating toxic masculinity in those same places. No, it's, it, it's really nice to talk to some guys who are really, uh, you know, they're making a difference. Okay. No, you know, like, like actually doing something. Yeah. Okay, come on. Yeah, like something, uh, something real. Are you picking, you're picking up on this, Yeah, right? but for real. I mean, like, major props to the guys because this is such an important conversation you know, to be had. And the fact that they're focusing on expanding it across campuses in Canada is, is absolutely amazing. 
If you guys want to connect with Drop the Puck on Instagram, you can absolutely do that, and I encourage it. Uh, their ad is at Drop the Puck Official. And if you want to connect with the boys, I don't blame you. These guys are great. You can connect with Stefan at Stefan Ladoboric. That's S T E F A N L E H T O B O R I C H. And a Dan Moalemi. Uh, that's at a Dan, A D A N underscore M O A L L E M I. And while you're there, you know, if you just want to, like, keep the conversation going, you can message at Life's Direct Podcast or at Morzy. That's M-O-O-R-Z-Y-Y-Y. Yeah, notice you've been uh, posting a lot of pictures of yourself lately, yeah? Yeah, man, it's the, the face of the brand. Oh, man, that's that's tragic. Fuck you. Oh, okay. Was not expecting that. Uh, you... Oh, come on. No one's listening right now. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's actually kind of a good point. Where do we uh, where do we go from here? I don't know. You know, I, I really, yeah, I didn't actually kind of think about that. But, you know, as we're sitting here figuring that out... I guess I can just say that life's a wreck. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, fresh. 